0: Thank you for tuning into Healing Race. In this video, Todd and I react to the racially motivated Buffalo shooting at Topps supermarket. I share the impact that public racially motivated deaths have on me and others in the Black community and how important to me it is to heed the wisdom passed down through generations of my and other Black families about how to respond to the threat of racial violence and discrimination.
1: At the same time, we also discuss the questions Have times changed enough from when that wisdom was developed to mean that it should be applied differently today? So let's move to that conversation now. Enjoy.
0: is something that is not really um, uh, as prevalent with other minorities. Black people, many of us have died very public deaths like what happened in Buffalo. So when you're a part of another group, when injustices happen to you, maybe it is a, a little bit more subdued, a little bit more quiet. However, one of the tactics of keeping Black people, quote unquote, in their place or in their role or occupying a certain level is to make examples through the deaths of Black people, how they were murdered, the fact they were murdered and be as public about it as possible. That's why lynchings had parties where hundreds of people would come and watch a Black person get lynched. So the, so it's, when you use the word stories in history, That sounds abstract. And what I want to emphasize to you, given the events in Buffalo, is the concreteness of the deliberate to make it public. There's a reason that perpetrator live streamed it, to make it public. We die in public ways to send a message and still do. I'm going to need a drink after this conversation. They're not because <laughs> like you, because I'm holding back tears as you yeah. like, yeah, I apologize for interrupting you, but this no, is no, no. really heavy stuff for me. In real, this is really, this is really heavy stuff. This is, these yeah. are lives. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and I know I may get flack for, because this will be made public, but it's the life of that 18 year old who was radicalized. It was the life of the people who, were taken whose lives are no longer here on earth with us who are are now our angels and it is the life of those that they left behind who now have to make sense of their world without the loved one in it yeah you know like this is just it's 360 devastation
1: and it's the life which you're not including yourself it's the life of yes who are impacted and feel a greater sense of fear or just a continuation of the fear of you know could that one day be me right um, and honestly
0: it, like you know because i was thinking about this before we started you know filming today you know because i'm i i like i cook a lot and cooking more about that later but i cook a lot so i'm always in the grocery store and i'm like you are so vulnerable in that moment because i'm like i'm not thinking about a shooter or die. i'm like am i forgetting something what do I want for dinner today? Do I wanna try a vegan recipe? But I'm I'm tired, I don't wanna try anything new. Like, you're just, you're you're so preoccupied. Being in the grocery store is one of the most self-absorbed things you do in your life because you're just trying to, you know, get done and you wanna make sure that you're getting, you're taking care of everything. And he really did catch people at their most vulnerable. And Saturday, what day is Saturday? Running errands. You know, people are running errands are out and about. Like, yeah. You're just living your day-to-day life. The events of last week definitely have made me much more aware, uh, not just in grocery stores, but in public spaces in general. And yeah. so now I, can just, I just have a sense of, of, of getting in and getting out or minimizing the amount of time that I'm in some sort of vulnerable position in public.
1: Do you have any... Do you have any... Concerning your heart, in your mind, around
2: your response, um, empowering these acts. In what way? Well, by having the effect that they, you know,
1: are perhaps intentionally trying to have among members of the Black community
0: well i don't see how they couldn't like i honestly don't see how you how you couldn't see some something like that and um so some people so my response of being of being fearful for public my safety in public and getting in and getting out uh, i think number one that's a natural response response and yeah. for people who would find that empowering uh, yes what you did had its desired effect but I will say that, that the desired effect is not the end result. The end result is that, especially let's take very concretely the Great Replacement Theory, they want us out of here. Now, my question to that is we're not going anywhere. Jews aren't going anywhere. Black people aren't going anywhere. We're, I'm an American citizen. You are an American citizen. This is my country. This is all of our country, right, wrong, or crazy. <laughs> and so and so, you're in the short term. Yes, you had the desire effect of making me more aware. But in the long term, your message and your efforts are futile because we're not going anywhere. Like, I mean, what what do you expect that all all Jewish people and all Black people going to pack their suitcases and head back to some in the there their land where they all come from? No, we were born here. This is your country. This is my country. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. My my family has been in the state where I live for generations. So not only are we not going anywhere, we're rooting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Literally, my family's lived in this state for generations.
1: What what, what I guess what would it take for you to st- to see events like happened? But write them off as as a unlikely event in your life,
0: Todd. And that's where you and I differ. I just like I because I I have really meditated on this about you, and it's I'll be quite honest. I struggle with this in our friendship because I don't see why you're so casual about these things. And like that's how you was, take it.
1: You think I'm casual about about. And maybe maybe that's the wrong word. No, no, no. This is no. It's really important.
0: No, it's important to hear this. I want you to. I remember you. I remember you. You have an uncle who's a rabbi, and I remember reflecting after our last filming and conversation. I'm like, I'm more like his uncle, like I'm more much more like the his, his his much more aware. Like okay, this is a trend, and and for me, I'm like I guess like like on guard, you know, just looking for the next event. And I'm, will I be a part of the next event? So I personally, I find it hard to see it as a one-off incident because I feel like at any point I could have, that could have been me. Who's to say that, let's say I had family, you know in Buffalo, New York and I was there visiting them for the weekend and I could have been caught up in that. Like to me, I guess, because, because the people who are perpetrating these, these crimes look like everyday people and they are attacking everyday people and I feel like I'm an everyday person so it could happen to me too in any way.
1: Yeah I I mean a couple things that you said uh, well let me just say first of all I actually don't know how my how my uncle feels about whether he should feel uh, uh, threatened Um, but but there are people in my in my social circle who as Jews do feel like we that Jews should be on guard. Um, so that, that is a very real thing.
0: I feel like those, and people, you feel,
1: you feel you resonate with that.
0: I resonate with those people.
1: Yeah. Um. And, and I, uh, let me just first say that it's, it's hard for me to strike a balance of uh, or to communicate a balance. And I, uh, uh, that I don't want you to th- Think that I'm giving short shrift to your feelings um, and 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 your concerns um, about about your safety. Um, I take it actually very seriously. If anything, uh, and so or or to the events that make you feel fearful, that they're just oh small small things because um, they're not. Um, I take them seriously. I.
2: How do I put this?
1: I still think that in the larger picture, I don't know how many people, how many, how many people have been killed through racially motivated um, mass shootings, um, or they don't have to be mass shootings. Um, uh, racially motivated shootings. Um, but my guess is that it's just like with Jews; it's a it's a pretty small number in that particular category, um, and I I can only speak for myself that you know as a Jew who has seen that there is violence perpetrated against Jews. I guess I I'm more on the ledger of like unlikely to happen to me um because of because of the rarity of it um not that I don't think it's not problematic not that I don't think it needs to stop as you say um but just that you know uh, I would have to see the magnitude get a lot greater and a lot more pervasive to feel like I am threatened in some way. Um, And in the meantime, uh, just, I don't know, that maybe that enables me to just like forget about it. I- That being said- Yeah. Yeah. That, that being said, let me, what do you, that being said, let me just finish this is, you know, I've thought a lot, I've meditated on why we have this difference in feeling as well. And. Um, I'm not in places of worship. Right. Um, while some people might know the attributes of like a Jewish person and might be able to say, Oh, he's definitely Jewish. um, It's not the same as having black skin, uh, darker colored skin. Um, and so I don't know if I could be picked out and maybe that's part of it. Um, and, and so I'm not in the places that some, that one would target when they target Jewish people. I'm not someone, I don't wear things that, that, you know, I don't have, I don't wear a, a kippa, you know, or, or the black coat, you know, a black suit with, you know, white undershirt. I don't wear the things that would, that would help someone to 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 know that i'm that I'm Jewish, and maybe people who do, you know, my ought to ask me the question, like if you did, wear that? like would you feel more threatened? Um, and the true answer is i don't I don't know if I would would. if I would. maybe my thought is no, but maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe if I was wearing that every day um and could be you know picked out, um, then I would feel differently. So there's, a there there are, I just want to communicate that I understand there are differences that also could be factored into why the fear might linger for you and not for me around these around these incidents. So um, I don't, I I don't want you to feel like I don't acknowledge those things um, and how they might, how they might play a role.
0: I hear what you're saying about, I'm not in the places that traditionally target, but what that can sound like to the people who are going to see this on social media is that you live in a assimilationist lifestyle, so I'm good, and mm-hmm. all the rest of you who don't live in a assimilationist lifestyle, whether through dress or through physical appearance or whatever, then that's y'all. And yep. I know that's not your motivation, but some people can take it like that.
1: I think that's a and, really good, a really good point. We should take up, but go go to your second point.
0: And the second point is for me. Like the grandfather who put who took his grandchildren to the site and pulled them aside and had a conversation, yeah to not heed that wisdom slash warning. yeah, for me is to contravene my ancestors, to contravene my granny, my grandfather, my great grandfather, my great granny, to contravene my mama, my daddy, people mm. who were trying to tell me, this is the world's, whether right, wrong, or crazy, and whatever, the world's perception of you, these are the people who are in power, and these are the people who want to have, for you to have a certain reaction, and you may have to have that reaction just so you can stay alive.
1: Yeah, those are two super-
0: I I won't contravene that wisdom.
1: Yeah. These are, those are two really powerful points. So um, on the assimilationist side, the, the assimilationist question, um, I don't think that should be a motivation to assimilate. Let me just say that. Um, I don't think people should assimilate in order to not feel fear um, from someone who might wish them harm. Um, and I'm just acknowledging a reality that people who want to stay true to their, whatever their heritage is, um, that's probably a concern that they have to feel. Uh, I'm just acknowledging it as, as a legitimate concern, but not as like a reason or motivation to assimilate. Um, and I and I will say that I I still wish for 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 someone who is very easily, you know, identified as Jewish or Black or whatever their ancestry might be. And in, in whatever way that might make them easier to be picked out um, as someone of that, I still don't like I still wouldn't want them to carry around the fear just because they are more identifiable. Like I would still have this motivation of, I just wish that. While it's a natural reaction to feel fear, I wish that this person's action didn't have this effect of, of in, in instilling fear, right? Um, so my motivations around that don't change. Um, and my motivations certainly around like why or why not why why someone should or should not assimilate in this or that way. Um, like I think be who you are, be who you want to be, um, and don't let, if anything, actually, The person who says, I'm not going to assimilate in response to this person's action is almost in some sense saying the exact same thing I am, which is don't give in to these people. Like don't assimilate just because it's going to have you feel less fear because you'll blend in, right? Don't let this person instill fear. Don't let this person make you be someone who's not true to who you are. So if anything, that motivation to not assimilate and be true to oneself or at least not assimilate for reasons that are not authentic um i would say their motivation is very similar to my motivation in not wanting to have these these kinds of incidents have broader effects on on people so so, so i I'm, once
0: told me that about being gay but don't that? D- not to assimilate i once made a i once was slash joking and serious. Say, oh i'm gonna leave the state because it's not very welcoming to gay people. And it was uh, a gay couple that said, no, no, no. You're the kind of person that needs to stay. Like -hmm. you need to not assimilate and do exactly what you just said. And that's what will change hearts and minds. Don't give in to the people that want you to leave.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, so anyways, that's in terms of uh, uh, like where I stand on that. it, it, It somewhat relates actually to your second point around, um, this feeling like in some ways you would go against your ancestors um i think there is wisdom
2: certainly in in teachings
1: in in the passing down of Oh my god, we're we're just like re, we're 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 so like rehashing or or going over this 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 kind of parallel example of the black experience and the Jewish experience. Because I'm I'm like now I, even though I'm talking about the black experience, I'm I like in my in my mind I'm hearing the Jewish experience. I know you so all the prayers around how what happened in Egypt and what happened when the temple and when so you know, know and obviously the Holocaust. So 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 let me say this. I think learning techniques to self protect and and. Wisdom passed on in how to protect oneself and how to be aware of one's surroundings are all important, legitimate um, teachings.
0: My best friend sometimes jokes that Black people and Jewish people are cousins because she says, Name one group of people that's cool with y'all is also cool with us. Like (laughs) we were cousins.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely parallels in our experience. So I take very seriously your. Um, you're bringing up this idea that you know we need to take heed and, and absorb the wisdom from past generations. There is a balance at the same time between wisdom generated during one time in one context and the way it applies to our current context. Mm-hmm. In the old, you know, the old. You know, uh, what is it story proverb, you know, whatever, uh, whatever they're called of the what is it the making of meatloaf right and the the daughter is watching the mother um, make the meatloaf and cuts off the two ends right and puts it in the oven right and it's like why you cut off the end well my grandmother did it well grandma why did you cut off it well my great grandmother did it well why did she do it and and all of a sudden you find out right that she cut off the ends because that's how it made it fit in the oven right that was her context you had to cut off the ends to make it fit but now the oven is bigger right and you don't have to cut off those ends anymore and so
0: you can add an egg to keep it from drying out (laughs) I get it, different context.
1: Different context. And so my question would be, the question that your comment would raise is, what is the application of that wisdom in today's world that is different in the Jim Crow time, that is different in the slavery time, that while there are common threads, while these motivations still exist, um, and while they get acted upon, is still, we have to say, different from those times. And so, how do we apply it now? But very also, question. also change with the time. So, that that would, I guess, and this is tough, man. This is tough. Like,
0: well, the Black community is struggling with it with Black Zillennials. So, these Black Zillennials are ready. Like, it's not the same way we were in the 60s and 70s and early 80s with sort of like slow change and all that. Uh uh. These Black zillennials hold us account. Like we're, I mean, there's a saying, this is not your father's civil rights movement. Like, they are like, we want, we're not gonna wait a hundred years just to get a little bit of rights. We want We what we want now. And there's no reason it shouldn't come to us. Uh, which has some people in the Black community feeling very uncomfortable because it's much more confrontational and ready for aggression then we were taught to sort of like, you know, make inroads and present yourself in a certain way and negotiate and like, uh-uh, why should I have to do that? I should be able to come with the full definition of what I call Blackness and demand recognition as a whole being.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm somewhere in between those, I think. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> Because I actually think, I actually have seen this conversation between folks who grew up in the time of the civil rights era and and younger uh, black um folks today and their conversation back and forth. Um and I, you know, maybe this because what well, the generation we grew up in, I'm somewhere in the middle, right? I, mm-hmm. I we
0: were we're somewhere in you the know, middle.
1: No, it's like, you know, I see I see the relevance, the wisdom from the past. I see the relevance of taking an approach that are is going to build more allies than, than backlash that create backlash. Right.
0: Yes. Um,
1: that you don't want to be not authentic, but you also want to be effective. Right. Yes. And I hear, uh, you know, I hear that wisdom loud and clear. And, but I also hear, you know, younger folks saying, you know, you don't know, you like, you don't know what our, our younger generation is like, like we can be out there in bold and not have backlash and actually build community through that. And so there's always like, this struggle in younger generations of saying, "How do I respect what got passed down? But how do I do it in like a in a you know in a way that's applicable to today and is applicable to me as a human being today?" So I would never ask you, Andre, to what's the word? You contravene to 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 conflict with, to contradict, to to ignore or neglect the lessons that have been passed down. Um, And I would just, you know, I would ask the question of, is there a different way that that might be applied in today's world? Um, Do you, I don't know, is it possible that you live, maybe, let me ask, let me ask this direct question. Is it possible that you live in a more secure America than, your mom when she grew up, or your, your, your grandparents, or your great grandparents. And that the way they had to contend with their environments might not be the way you have to contend with your environment, even if it's not devoid of racism and, and its acts of violence or, and other acts of discrimination. Well, it's
0: hard to answer yes to that question, given the events of last, given the events in Buffalo. Because similar, I mean, when my grandparents, when my parents were younger, like, you know, from a statistical basis, were they going to lose their life due to some racist motivation? More than likely not. But those same events were happening. They have happened back then and were happening. So, I mean, just because I would say the garden has changed doesn't mean that we have any weeds that are differently than what they were when we first planted the garden. So mm-hmm. I would, to me, I say, no, I live in the same America. It's just now I live in an America with social media and all this other different stuff. So right. things that would have been highly obfuscated, like for example, had like an, an Emmett Till or something happened during a day of social media, that would have been viral world war- worldwide. It was, I mean, for me, it was kind of the equivalent of I were George Floyd, right? Back then, like something yeah. so egregious, that it's you know, was sparked a response from the world. But just like Emmett Till happened, George Floyd happened. So mm-hmm. we're still, I feel like the garden, yes, we may be in a different season, but the same weeds are in the garden.
1: So you think there's the same. Yeah, you think there's the same prevalence of weeds? Do you think there's the same level? It doesn't matter. A weed
0: is insidious. Even even if the weed has been cut down, has been cut down, if you haven't extracted, to use your parlance, the roots of it, the weed can still grow. Just give it time. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying the weed never left the garden.
1: So when you say give it time... Yeah, I mean, this gets an back. An untended
0: garden will grow weeds.
1: Yeah, and so your worry. So let me. So let me understand your worry. Let me ask a couple of questions. So, so first, to understand your, you want to say that there's a weed that still exists. That's the same weed, and because it's un, not tended, you don't see. Because you don't see in your observation, ways in which that garden is being tended enough to limit the growth and or try to get rid of the weed, you think that the the, the protections are not there from that weed growing to an extent that would increase the probability of you being harmed in some way. Is that, is that, what, is that the story that you're worried about happening, that, that there's some weed, or do you think it already has grown to some, to to a large enough. I think it depends
0: on what part of the garden you're looking at, right? Yeah. So, we so a root system is that is just that a system. So yeah. a weed could be prevalent over here, but not so prevalent over there. But when you look at the garden as a whole, when you step back and say, "Okay, what's going on here?" That's what I'm doing. I'm looking, stepping back, and say, "Okay, what's really going on here?" And then I see the where the weed is proliferated everywhere. Maybe not to the same degree, but it's everywhere. And so I'm saying that a garden that is not constantly tended will go to seed. And so in this garden of people's souls living in this country that we call the United States, we have to constantly tend that garden with respect to the weed of racism and of racism. And when we, if we neglect any part of the garden, you can risk the entire garden going to seed and being taken over by the weed.
1: Racism in what form or, or expressing itself in what way. In right? all
0: ways. But let's, let's but to, to narrow, to focus the conversation rather, we're talking about violent ways, right? Because that's what was right. the catalyst right. for all of this, right? Right,
1: right. And what have... I'm
0: saying is that violent things happen in my grandmother's day, my grandparents' day, my parents' day, and they're still happening in my day.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you think the... Do you think the chance of that happening has largely, has? do you think it's decreased over time? Do you think over what period of time do you think it's, you see it as being at the same level and the same kind of prevalence across the country as was 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 150 years ago? Like,
0: I don't have a real sense of that because I live in a day of social media where when those things happen in the United States, they become very visible events. Right. And in my grandparents day and in the day of my parents, they were much easier buried. Right. But what I will say is that the emotional message they're meant to send has never changed.
1: So that's, that's, so that's exactly what I'm, Trying to kind of grapple with here is is the role of social media magnifying the extent to which any given person, black person across the country, might be threatened by the message, right, that is being sent. Um, Is The way that social media and media generally, but just social media has a magnified effect um, is its power to. um, To spread to. To magnify the. Perceived extent of a problem and to provoke the strong emotions um, that. Create a response to that problem. Like, is it implicated in how kind of broad or vast you think this problem, how how broad you feel? I don't even want to say think, because you just answered, you don't know, right? We don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it compares to 50, 100, 150 years ago. So I'll say the extent to which you feel that you could be...
0: I like the unity word we use, awareness. So to answer your question, it does heighten the awareness of the perceived problem, probably more so than it did in uh, past in past generations, just because that magnifying glass of social media didn't exist. So is there a greater awareness? Yes, of course, because now instantly we can zap anything around the world. Uh, Yes. Uh, but is that the problem in and it of itself? I don't think so. And is that a bad thing? Not necessarily, because the greater awareness of something being or an injustice, or to use my analogy, the weed, at some point, someone's going to say, Well, I'm just tired of this and we need to do something about it. So yeah. I. I, I see the social media. I understand, like the broader point you're making, that it is that it is it does serve as a magnifying glass, uh, heightening the awareness of what we're calling a problem, what I definitely call a problem. But in with that heightened awareness, it's a good thing because it's forcing people to decide what are you going to do about it, right? So,
1: totally. And, the and same I'm, way, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's okay. The
0: same way that alleged perpetrator used their life in order to. You know, cause the incident in Buffalo. It, I mean, when you're when you're sitting there watching a video of something completely just just unjust, it makes you like whether it's against whether it's about race or gender, etc. It does beg the question: like, this isn't right, and what what am I going to do about it? Like, it does people, you know not not necessarily what am I going to do right now, but if this if this kind of thing crosses my path it does ask yourself, you know, how would I respond?
1: Yeah, so what you just brought up, I think is also a really powerful point in um, because I don't want people to think that my pushback against the, I, I, I don't wanna say I'm pushing back against your response because I, again, I see it as a natural response, but my, you know, asking questions into and wishing that, that that response and its effects on your personal life um, weren't so great, right? That that so, so that's that's the thing that I wish were not so. Um but to your point about the motivation to change it as an issue, I have seen people use the lack of prevalence of these things in terms of the magnitude of the the actual lives that it affects as. As a reason to push back on why we should really be focusing on it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and so you're bringing up hey social media is a net positive by bringing broader awareness and, and inspiring action i don't think we should need to take action just because something isn't happening in every community across the united states like you said these were lives that were lost these are families that are affected these are communities that are impacted um And so that to me and it's something to your point of the weed the this kind of we're being replaced in some way and people getting animated by that um and kind of brought into this this you know conspiracy theory of the way that the world is working that's a weed that's growing um it's a dangerous weed to your to your to your point and so i am not meaning to say that this that our reactions should be muted such that we don't feel motivated to take action on the issue. My main concern is individuals feeling fearful in their lives (coughs) thinking, you know, because of it could happen to me, right? And so I need to be on guard no matter where I go. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the worry that I have, not that this is magnifying awareness and thus building motivation, hopefully for change. Thank you for watching this episode of Healing Race and stay with us for a scene from our next video.
0: If you want to see more conversations like the one you just watched, please subscribe to our channel, share this video with friends and family, and like and comment on the video below.
1: If you'd like to be a guest on one of our episodes and have an open, real conversation about race, email us at guests at show.com.
0: And if there are topics you think we should cover, we'd love to hear them. So please email your ideas to topics at healingraceshow.com.
1: As always, thanks for your support. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you. Now,
0: here's a scene from our next Healing Race. What? Your experiences too, because yeah. you have to understand, I don't know life from a white perspective. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, it's the one thing that Black people can't buy, is that white skin. <laughs> I don't. So I don't know what it's like to... Walk through, walk through, walk through life, and yeah. to walk through life with the con, that kind of support.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm not going to say privilege because not every white person is privileged, and there are many white people yeah. who have worked very hard for yeah. the achievements that they have. Yeah, but there is there are institutions, there is a paradigm of thought that supports white people. Yeah. And I don't know what it's like to have that support.